0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Kristen Hughes. The Red House Mystery by A. a. Milne. Chapter Seventeen. Mr. Beverly Takes the Water. Kaylee seemed very fond of them that night. After dinner was over, he suggested a stroll outside. They walked up and down the gravel in front of the house, saying very little to each other, until Bill could stand it no longer. For the last twenty turns, he had been slowing down hopefully each time they came to the door, but the hint had always been lost on his companions, and each time another turn had been taken. But in the end, he had been firm." "'What about a little billiards?' he said, shaking himself free from the others. "'Will you play?' said Antony to Cayley. "'I'll watch you,' he said, and he had watched them, resolutely, until the game, and then another game after that, had been played. They went into the hall and attacked the drinks. "'Well, thank heaven for bed,' said Bill, putting down the glass. "'Are you coming?' Yes, said Antony, and finished his drink. He looked at Kayleigh. I've just got one or two little things to do, said Kayleigh. I shan't be long following you. Well, good night, then. Good night. Good night, called Bill from halfway up the stairs. Good night, Tony Good night. Bill looked at his watch. Half past eleven. Not much chance of anything happening for another hour. He pulled open a drawer and wondered what to wear on their expedition. Gray flannel trousers, flannel shirt and a dark coat, perhaps a sweater, as they might be lying out in the copse for some time, and, good idea, a towel. He would want it later on, and meanwhile he could wear it round his waist. Tennis shoes! There, everything was ready. Now, then, for the dummy figure. He looked at his watch again before getting into bed. Twelve-fifteen. How long to wait before Cayley came up? He turned out the light, and then, standing by the door in his pajamas, waited for his eyes to become accustomed to the new darkness. He could only just make out the bed in the corner of the room. Cayley would want more light than that if he were to satisfy himself from the door that the bed was occupied. He pulled the curtains a little way back. That was about right. He could have another look later on, when he had the dummy figure in the bed. How long would it be before Cayley came up? It wasn't that he wanted his friends Beverly and Gillingham to be asleep before he started on his business at the pond. All that he wanted was to be sure that they were safely in their bedrooms— Cayley's business would make no noise, give no sign to attract the most wakeful member of the household, so long as the household was really inside the house. But if he wished to reassure himself about his guests, he would have to wait until they were far enough on their way to sleep, not to be disturbed by him as he came up to reassure himself. So it amounted to the same thing, really. He would wait until they were asleep. Until they were asleep. Asleep. With a great effort, Bill regained the mastery over his wandering thoughts and came awake again. This would never do. It would be fatal if he went to sleep. If he went to sleep. If he went to sleep. To sleep. And then, in an instant, he was intensely awake. Suppose cayley never came at all. Suppose Cayley was so unsuspicious that— As soon as they had gone upstairs, he had dived down into the passage and set about his business. Suppose even now he was at the pond dropping into it that secret of his. Good heavens, what fools they had been! How could Antony have taken such a risk? Put yourself in Cayley's place, he had said. But how was it possible? They weren't Cayley. Cayley was at the pond now. They would never know what he had dropped into it. Listen somebody at the door. He was asleep. Quite naturally now. Breathe a little more loudly, perhaps. He was asleep. The door was opening. He could feel it opening behind him. Good Lord! Suppose Cayley really was a murderer. Why, even now he might be—no, he mustn't think of that. If he thought of that, he would have to turn round. He mustn't turn round. He was asleep, just peacefully asleep. But why didn't the door shut? Where was Cayley now? Just behind him? And in his hand? No, he mustn't think of that. He was asleep. But why didn't the door shut? The door was shutting. There was a sigh from the sleeper in the bed. "'a sigh of relief which escaped him involuntarily. "'But it had a very natural sound, "'a deep breath from a heavy sleeper. "'He added another one to it to make it seem more natural. "'The door was shut. "'Bill counted a hundred slowly and then got up. "'As quickly and noiselessly as possible "'he dressed himself in the dark. "'He put the dummy figure in the bed, "'arranged the clothes so that just enough— but not too much of it was showing, and stood by the door looking at it. For a casual glance the room was just about light enough. Then very quietly, very slowly he opened the door. All was still. There was no light from beneath the door of Cayley's room. Very quietly, very carefully he crept along the passage to Antony's room. He opened the door and went in. Antony was still in bed. Bill walked across to wake him up, and then stopped rigid, and his heart thumped against his ribs. There was somebody else in the room. "'All right, Bill?' said a whispering voice, and Antony stepped out from the curtains. Bill gazed at him without saying anything. "'Rather good, isn't it?' said Antony, coming closer and pointing to the bed. "'Come on. The sooner we get out now, the better.' He led the way out of the window, the silent Bill following him. They reached the ground safely and noiselessly, went quickly across the lawn and so over the fence into the park. It was not until they were out of sight of the house that Bill felt it safe to speak. "'I quite thought it was you in bed,' he said. "'I hoped you would. I shall be rather disappointed now if Cayley doesn't call again. It's a pity to waste it.' "'He came all right just now?' "'Oh, rather. "'What about you?' "'Bill explained his feelings picturesquely. "'There wouldn't have been much point in his killing you,' "'said Antony prosaically, besides being too risky. "'Oh,' said Bill. "'And then, I had rather hoped that it was his love for me "'which restrained him.' "'Antony laughed. "'I doubt it. "'You didn't turn up your light when you dressed?' "'Good Lord, no! Did you want me to?' Antony laughed again and took him by the arm. "'You're a splendid conspirator, Bill. You and I could take on anything together.' The pond was waiting for them, more solemn in the moonlight. The trees which crowned the sloping bank on the far side of it were mysteriously silent. It seemed that they had the world very much to themselves. Almost unconsciously Antony spoke in a whisper. There's your tree, there's mine. As long as you don't move, there's no chance of his seeing you. After he's gone, don't come out till I do. He won't be here for a quarter of an hour or so, so don't be impatient. right ho," whispered Bill. Antony gave him a nod and a smile, and they walked off to their posts. The minutes went by slowly. To Antony— Lying hidden in the undergrowth at the foot of his tree, a new problem was presenting itself. Suppose Cayley had to make more than one journey that night. He might come back and find them in the boat. One of them, indeed, in the water. And if they decided to wait in hiding, on the chance of Cayley coming back again, what was the least time they could safely allow? Perhaps it would be better to go round to the front of the house and watch for his return there the light in his bedroom, before conducting their experiments at the pond. But then they might miss his second visit in this way. If he made a second visit, it was difficult. His eyes were fixed on the boat as he considered these things, and suddenly, as if materialized from nowhere, Cayley was standing by the boat. In his hand was a small brown bag. Cayley put the bag in the bottom of the boat, "'stepped in, and using an oar as a punt-pole, pushed slowly off. "'Then, very silently, he rowed towards the middle of the pond. "'He had stopped. "'The oars rested on the water. "'He picked up the bag from between his feet, "'leant over the nose of the boat, "'and rested it lightly on the water for a moment. "'Then he let go. "'It sank slowly.' He waited there, watching, afraid, perhaps, that it might rise again. Antony began to count. And now Cayley was back at his starting place. He tied up the boat, looked carefully round to see that he had left no traces behind him, and then turned to the water again. For a long time, as it seemed to the watchers, he stood there, very big, "'very silent in the moonlight. "'At last he seemed satisfied. "'Whatever his secret was, he had hidden it. "'And so, with a gentle sigh, "'as unmistakable to Antony as if he had heard it, "'Cayley turned away and vanished again as quietly as he had come. "'Antony gave him three minutes and stepped out from the trees. "'He waited there for Bill to join him. Six whispered Bill. Antony nodded. I'm going round to the front of the house. You get back to your tree and watch, in case Cayley comes again. Your bedroom is the left-hand end one, and Cayley's the end but one? Is that right? Bill nodded. Right. Wait in hiding till I come back. I don't know how long I shall be, but don't be impatient. It will seem longer than it is. He patted Bill on the shoulder, and with a smile and a nod of the head he left him there. What was in the bag? What could Kayleigh want to hide, other than a key or a revolver? Keys and revolvers sink of themselves. No need to put them in a bag first. What was in the bag? Something which wouldn't sink of itself. "'something which needed to be helped with stones "'before it would hide itself safely in the mud. "'Well, they would find that out. "'There was no object in worrying about it now. "'Bill had a dirty night's work in front of him. "'But where was the body which Antony had expected so confidently? "'Or, if there were no body, where was Mark? "'More immediately, however, where was Cayley?' As quickly as he could, Antony had got to the front of the house and was now lying in the shrubbery which bordered the lawn, waiting for the light to go up in Cayley's window. If it went up in Bill's window, then they were discovered. It would mean that Cayley had glanced into Bill's room, had been suspicious of the dummy figure in the bed, and had turned up the light to make sure. After that, it was war between them. But if it went up in Cayley's room— There was a light. Antony felt a sudden thrill of excitement. It was in Bill's room. War. The light stayed there, shining vividly, for a wind had come up, blowing the moon behind a cloud and casting a shadow over the rest of the house. Bill had left his curtains undrawn. It was careless of him. The first stupid thing he had done, but— The moon slipped out again, and Antony laughed to himself in the bushes. There was another window beyond Cayley's, and there was no light in it. The declaration of war was postponed.